The WYSL stations present The Joe Robach Show. Real talk for real people. Here is State Senator Joe Robach. Hello, everybody. As always, I want to thank you for listening, tuning in, supporting WISL, the Voice of Liberty, and this program as well. To all of our advertisers and supporters, we love you. How's that? We do love love you. We love you. Literally. Um, But I want to say, too, uh, real quickly on a personal note, uh, thank you for everybody uh, out there who uh, sent so many well wishes um, on my surgery, my shoulder replacement surgery. Uh, everything's going good. The PT, uh, I'm weaning myself uh, off the air cast sling, and everything's going great. So thank you for the support. It made it a little bit easier, and i uh, glad we're through the hard parts. So uh, as always, I uh, love being involved with the community and always thank you for the great interaction. I t- you're doing a good job too because you know he came into the parking lot just before the show. He's swinging an nine iron, uh, so uh, that that tells you a lot. <laughs> I hope so. Soon enough, I uh, not to be anecdotal, but I was laughing. Somebody said to me, "Oh, why did you get your surgery in winter?" I said, "Well, I knew if I did it on February first, February, March, April, I'd be able to ride the bike in May." <laughs> there you go. And I. I'm more looking forward to that than any golf. But Planning that's a, ahead. That's a whole nother story. Uh, but today, really, um, we're kind of going along to discuss uh, something that's very much in the news now. And what I like to say is important and why I love this opportunity and dialogue with our listeners and callers is things that really um, impact us. And there's no question... Um, Congress, in particular, is impacting all of America and the American people um, in a big way, both from what they're doing and, I would say, for what they're not doing. And um, I've talked to you, Bob, a lot in our personal life as well as on our on-air life, and uh, I know the, um, the polling numbers and the opinion of Congress— is lower than any other political entity. And today I thought we could just talk a little bit about why and what they could do better. And maybe we might even offer some suggestions here, as well as want to take your calls and your opinions on Congress or any ideas you might have. You can always do that. The show is your show, uh, 585-346-3000 or toll-free 866 Five five two, one zero zero nine. But I want to start out with, you know, you can't watch the news now, and uh, things are looming on whether government is going to get shut down um, by the actions of Congress. You know, your, your thoughts? Oh, uh, line item. You know, uh, again, this is all part of this this uh, ridiculous fiction, which has now been. Around I don't know probably what twelve years now, where we we never have a budget we just have these CRs continually, and this is now the the Congress has redesigned their function and what their job is. Their job is basically to constantly kick this can down the road financially because of the way that we structure the way we spend money in this country, and Congress is supposed to be 
they're, they're the purse strings. They're the guys who decide what we're going to spend and how. And then this just turns into a needless, endless wrestle about uh, uh, crazy issues that really don't have that much effect uh, on, uh, on the American public, but have a big effect on the electability and the continued careers of members of Congress. So, again, it's this uh, navel-gazing and uh, greed-based process that goes on. And this is an offshoot, by the way, of – I'm glad you asked me this question, Joe, because you can see you've uncorked something here. Uh, we, what's happened with uh, the structure of our government – and this trickles down from federal to state to local. You see this now in all levels of government, where the legislative branch is no longer deliberative. They don't do – real deliberation on any major issues. All of the issues are hashed out, you know, before we go public with anything. And the, uh, the, the sessions of Congress or of your county legislature are essentially, it's, uh, it's kabuki theater. They're just acting out what the arguments are or whatever, but it's all, all the negotiations have already taken place. And that's, uh, that, that, kind of it ossifies the legislative process so uh it's not a dynamic thing anymore it's just kind of like theater well i have to say though because some of the issues they're dealing with in fairness and i'm certainly more familiar with state government uh given my elected past but you know i i'd like to think that if people are in the same mindset of wanting to do what's in the interest of the American people, that they can use time as a motivator, but they should be able to do it in a timely fashion. And, it, you know, even at the state level, I was the one that had many of my colleagues angry because I put a bill in and I really wanted to pass it. I thought if the legislature at the state level didn't get the budget passed on time, they should be sequestered just like a jury. Kicking the can down the road, as you said, doesn't make anything easier. I think it makes it harder. But right now in Congress, there's so many things. And then you hear people who I agree with, Jim Jordan, uh, Mr. Johnson, the Speaker, saying, we are going to hold out. We need something done at the border. Um, you know, it, and then I wonder, is that a political risk? Is that a good strategy? Should I be applauding them for drawing a line in the sand on important issues? It, it, it is hard to figure out because, you know, then you'll hear somebody else come along and say exactly the opposite. Though I have to say, I think that the the president, in fairness, has said a lot of things that are inaccurate and untrue. Well, that's how you can tell uh, Joe Biden is still breathing uh, is, uh, you know, because he's talking and he's lying at the same time. But th no, I mean, uh, here, here's the uh, proof of the pudding kind of argument here. What was when was the last time that Congress enacted anything that made our lives better? Save, saved us money, made us safer, uh, you know, uh, secured the border. I mean, pick pick whatever issue is important to you. And I think that you're going to have a lot of company. Uh, th there's, they're not doing anything. I mean, right. other than, again, again, this endless, you know, navel gazing budgeting process, uh, where, you know, the, the, the threat of shutting the government down, you know, that, listen, that may have happened back in the Clinton era in the 1995, uh, you know, with Newt Gingrich and all that, uh, back in that era. But nobody believes that the government's going to be shut down. We all know right. that there are a few agencies 
that will be curtailed for a short period of time. But mostly, you know, the government will grind on. Or they'll do a special appropriation or is the, was the state tactic teaching bad habits to the federal government. They'll do what they call extenders. I remember uh, early on, you know, Governor Cuomo said, I welcome it. I'll have more freedom. I'll do it. We'll do the budget if you guys don't want to do your job by extender. And, you know, even that resulted in lawsuits because the governor then went on to move money, quite frankly, inside the budget process to spend it the way he wanted to without legislative approval, which can be expeditious for an executive but can be very dangerous to the public if you've got the wrong exec. And I I, I sort of feel this way about Congress. I'm sure if I were there, I would be very, very frustrated because I do think, as you said, they haven't done anything very good, and I see a lot of things moving in the wrong direction. So the question becomes, given that the Senate's Democrat, the president's Democrat, and they're trying to tell the American public that we're moving in a right direction, what recourse do Republican congressional people have or any agents for change, though I haven't seen any of those on the Democratic side, um, you know, outside of Joe Manchin, um, at any level of federal government, I don't see any Democrats that are even remotely moderate, worried about business. They all seem to be have bought into this far left, bigger government uh, agenda. And really now, I don't know how anyone could argue, literally by action and financing uh, are for open borders, which is very scary to me. And we'll circle back on that. But what what could be a plausible course of action for the Republican caucus or anybody else that really wanted change? Is it out there or is holding up the budget the only threat they have or tool? Well, it's it's useful because it's worked in the past. I think it is working less and less the more they use it and the more frequently these CR debates come up. Uh, But uh, it's uh, the first thing that the Republicans need to have is they need to, you know, this is a chicken and egg thing. They need power. How do they get power if they, you know, if they don't have enough elected people? How do you get people elected? The first thing they need to learn, I think they are slowly learning this, but it's too slow for right now, at least for me, and that is messaging. They're terrible at going out and messaging and telling people the truth about these major issues. So they always get boxed in and outmaneuvered by the Democrats uh, because the Democrats know how to push all the emotional budget. you know, buttons about every every one of these issues. You know, if uh, if if you want to dial back uh, the uh, uh, you know the expense of Medicaid, for example, you're you're pushing Grandma over the cliff in a wheelchair. Uh, I don't. I'm not saying that the Republicans need to uh, you know mimic that tactic, but they need to tell the truth and they need to find messaging that works. Stick with us. We'll be back talking about more about Congress. We're going to touch on the border. The squad, inflation, and take your calls, 585-346-3000. You've got an opinion, idea, please give us a call. We chased our pleasures here, dug our treasures here. 
Many local collision and repair shops have been gobbled up by national chains with their impersonal touch. Flower City Collision remains locally owned and operated. The shop was started by a local veteran who taught his son, Zach, the basics of customer service and providing customers value. Flower City doesn't work with a specific insurance company. They want to be your advocate. If you need a repair, reach out to Zach at Flower City Collision in Henrietta. He will work with your national insurance company on your local behalf to ensure you get the repair you need done right. Are you looking to update the kitchen, bath, or flooring in your home, but don't know where to begin? Whether it's cabinetry, carpeting, hardwood flooring, tile, or kitchen and bathroom remodeling, Claridge Design Center in Chilai Paul Plaza is the place to start. Claridge custom designs and builds quality remodeling projects throughout Rochester and Monroe County. At Claridge, the visions and ideas you have for your home are developed with the experienced Claridge designers to make your dream project a reality. And the quality of service you receive at Claridge is second to none. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call Claridge at 889-5800 or visit their website to meet the Claridge team. See examples of their finished work at ClarageDesignCenter.com. Love Sexy, a Prince tribute, makes its debut at Batavia Downs on Saturday, March 9th. They perform a spot-on, sound-alike, high-energy show featuring a wide range of Prince's greatest hits. From his early years and throughout his long career, tickets are just $15 and you get $10 in free play. Head to BataviaConcerts.com for tickets. Because we love, we grieve when someone dies. Having a life-honoring funeral service can be a healthy step in your grief journey. Some choose to forego life celebrations, and as with skipping meals, this can leave you feeling hungry. Join the movement to celebrate those you love. The staff at Bartolomeo and Parado Funeral Home is honored to help you design a meaningful funeral service that tells your loved one's story. Celebrate them and help your grief. Call Bartolomeo and Parado Funeral Home at 585-720-6000. Joe Robach, real talk for real people on the WYSL stations. The Joe Robach Show is brought to you by Flower City Collision, Batavia Downs Gaming and Racetrack, Claridge Decorating Center, Faber Homes, and Bob Johnson Automotive. Thanks for sticking with us. Bob and I are uh, talking uh, a little bit about what's going on in Congress, the potential shutdown. And some of the issues, and, and in fairness, uh, I want to say, no matter whether you're a Democrat or Republican, certainly um, they can be challenging. But there's certain things that just stand out. Um, and walking the road, which many of us wish we didn't, are proving to be very dangerous, financially detrimental. Uh, and really, I say in some ways, if they don't get a... A grip on this could be detrimental to the whole existence of our country. I, I know no one wants to believe that's possible, but um, one of the things that the Republicans seem to be united on, and I wish they would get some Democratic support as well, is certainly uh, securing the border. And the border policy, I will debate anyone, anywhere, anytime has been a total, total disaster. People are focused on the wrong thing. This isn't a question of compassion versus keeping people out. This is of a purpose, 
in how you do things. And what makes me mad is every elected official should be intelligent enough to know exactly what you and I are going to talk about here, Bob. So what we have right now is virtually an open border. There's estimates that minimally 8 million people have been in. There's liberal estimates that say 12 million people have been let in. That's a lot of people. And you are seeing all over the country, uh, even for those that have arrived, you know, crime increasing, cases doing this, only to find out that a lot of these people had a history, a bad history, in the country of their origin as well. And now we're even seeing people from Middle Eastern countries, uh, Asia, coming through the southern border because the word's out worldwide that we really just have an open southern border right now. So that's a bad policy anyway. And before you jump on it or say this is mean, let me say two things. One is even the people coming across the border in this open style are oftentimes being exploited. Sex trafficked, raped, uh, taken over by the cartels because they think that's the only recourse because the government's not working. And then they have to pay back or they attack people in their country of origin. Uh, The fentanyl coming across the border, you know, which makes me always leery, which we shouldn't be if it was done right, of, you know, a lot of these males, you know, 20 to 30 coming across with no family. uh, I don't think they're doing that for work. Or if it is, it very well may be illegal work. And, you know, we have some of our young people dying because of that policy open at the border. So I would even make the argument in many cases It's not even working for the people that are coming in in a high percentage. uh, Bad things are happening to a lot of people because of it, which if they were serious about it, and here's where the compassion comes in. So I ask the liberals to use their brain also. Now, if we really have all these jobs for people that are legitimate, why wouldn't we go what's worked since the beginning of our country? And up the number of people we're going to accept, let's say from Mexico, Guatemala, Nicaragua, whatever it may be, and vet those people. So we're letting the people in that really want to come as a family or people that really want to work and we know don't have a dangerous history, don't have a mental health issue. Uh, That could be done today. Tomorrow, if it was the collective will. And I, I want people to think about it, not that it's rocket science. What logical argument could anybody have, Democrat or Republican, against that? That is virtually what worked. Now, I'm fair. Have some people had to wait a long time to get in the country? Yes, including my own. Part of my Italian family, my mother's side of the family, came from Italy and got in the United States. Part didn't. They went to Canada because they could get in there earlier. Some eventually did come to the United States. Some stayed there forever. The point being is they did it legally and they did a process. And they were able to come to work and improve their lot in life with no danger to themselves getting here or to anybody else because they were here for good purposes and they weeded some of the ones out 
that they didn't think were going to be optimal. There's nothing cruel. There's nothing prejudicial about that. That is common sense. And there is no sense in having a country if you don't have a border, right? Now, what is the reason that our president, our Congress, our Senate can't get their hands around that and settle the border crisis? It's almost like, to me, I think, there's a little bit that the Dems want the chaos. Well, yeah, they, they want the chaos. They want more than that. Boy, I, I don't know where to start. <laughs> You've covered a lot of territory there. But let's start here. Uh, first of all, as far as the president, the executive branch is concerned and his his corrupt family, everything is transactional with the Bidens. Everything. They don't do nothing unless there's a payday in it for them. And that's what's been going on with this guy as long as he has been in public service. Uh, So you know that he is being enriched by this process, directly or indirectly. We know that there are Biden family members who have contracts to build shelters for some of these people. That's typical performance by the Biden administration. But that's just exemplary. Then, you, you, you know, you have Congress, and they're tied into the National Chamber of Commerce, uh, which wants cheap labor in the country. Uh, all these vectors are all arrayed against common sense on the border, okay? Uh, and, the, the, of course, the, the Democrat Party sees this as a way to consolidate power and to maintain power as we head into this election. This is, they, they sense that people have had enough of this, uh, and that's why this is like a jailbreak. They're going to grab for all of these people to come into this country as they possibly can because they see this apportionment. These, they see them as future Democrat voters, and they see a massive you know, power shift in favor of the Democrats in Congress, congressional seats going to border states that the Democrats control. Uh, then you you have, uh, you, you know, the drugs, of course, are being sold uh, and uh, a lot of money there. There's a lot of corruption there and it goes on and on. It's just, you know, layer after layer after layer. And it's very hard to stop this train because all the vectors are pointing in the opposite way. What it's going to take as a selfless person, uh, as a as a uh, as a leader, as an exemplar, uh, leading people with integrity uh, in Congress and in regulatory agencies to try to stop this, that is going to take a while. Which is why I say uh, it's great to talk about Donald Trump getting elected. Certainly preferable to the corrupt Joe Biden and the hopelessly hapless and incompetent. Uh, uh, Right out of my head. Come on. Go, 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 well, she's she's not even a factor. Governor Gavin Newsom, you know, he he he's a, another horror show waiting to happen. What we need is we need twelve years, and so uh-huh. that's why that's why it would be really uh-huh. advisable for for Ron DeSantis to be Trump's running mate. So number one, we have an insurance policy, and number two, this is going to take more than four years to fix this. Yeah. Well, I, I always think that the public, in some ways has to demand more from their elected federal representatives because well, they, they also have to they also know, have to understand what's going on. They gotta spend again some, don't watch MSNBC and CNN and go, ah, oh, Trump's hey, orange man bad. Yeah, but I'll I'll say it again. When I see that a student from Georgia, the college student, that just got murdered, 
by this guy that shouldn't have been in the country to Lagan, begin with. Yeah. Why isn't everybody of every political stripe concerned and upset about that? And this isn't the first one, too. Why aren't people upset about these guys attacking the cops in our country that don't belong here? I mean, you know, I mean, I don't like to be anecdotal, but every time you sometimes you read something, you know, saying somebody deserves compassion who illegally came into the country is an immigrant or a refugee is like saying somebody who broke into your house is part of your family. No, it's not. Let's get some sanity back in. And this is one, maybe I'm naively optimistic, Bob, where I think Democrats and Republicans should be able to find common ground to fix this. Yes, let people in, but have a vetting process. Let the right ones in, because then, regardless of how they vote, they'll be more appreciative and be better citizens. Let's do it. We want to hear from your calls, 585-346-3000. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Joe Robach, real talk for real people on the WYSL stations. Thanks for sticking with us. We're back talking about the trials and tribulations, challenges of Congress. If they're doing the right thing, the wrong thing, any ideas, feel free to share. Give us a call at 585-346-3000. You know, we talked about the border, and I really do. Uh, I, I know it impacts a lot of people, but I do think there's a proven solution and path. And uh, it really is my hope and prayer that that's something that will be handled in a bipartisan fashion for the benefit of everybody in America. Talking about but the border? The, yeah, of course. I'm talking bipartisan? About well, you know, let me ask again, whose best interest is it? To have no border. Democrats. Whose best interest is to let these people that are coming across the border, so many. Democrats. Exploited. And now we see the crime and the cost attached to uh, Americans' victimization and cities literally reeling these sanctuary cities now. Not saying we shouldn't have been this, but somebody else give us money to fund it. You know, in New York, it's 40 grand. They're giving them credit cards now. I know. It's, it's just... It's not sustainable. It's not the right policy. And I would think that this crisis at hand would dictate the right bipartisan action to go back a little bit to the old ways, but just increase the numbers if there's really jobs for people here that want to work. There's no jobs for these people. There aren't jobs for the rest of us. (laughs) You know, listen, do you remember, I don't know if you caught it at all. I think a lot of people ignored it, with good reason probably, the debate between Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom. Yeah, that was great. Do you remember how easily Ron DeSantis totally smoked uh, Newsom? I do. Yeah. Well, that's because he lives in a bubble. He lives in the bubble of Southern California. He lives with uh, primarily his influencers are, you know, society people, elites, Hollywood types, and uh, big tech oligarchs. Right. Uh, And... That's why he was totally unprepared for that, you know, for that debate. 
And in his mind, it doesn't matter anyway because he thinks that this is the way the world works. Mm-hmm. Now, you expand that and uh, you extrapolate that out to the whole Democrat Party. To a certain extent, these people, uh, they, they've, they've, first of all, they've uh, accumulated all this power. And so they think this is the way the world works because they keep getting, you know, if you reward somebody, you get more of that type of behavior. So that's what's going on. And what they're, they're just, they don't realize they're edging towards the cliff where people are going to say, you know something, the hell with party affiliations, the hell with, uh, uh, you know, labels and the, the usual alignments. This country is going to hell. You're seeing this with, you're seeing this with blacks. You're seeing this with Hispanics. You're seeing this with, you know, non-loony Democrats. Right. So I, I, I think sooner or later, just in the same way that truth always comes out, reality always comes home to roost. And yeah. that's what's going on. Even these people in, in sanctuary cities, talk to liberal Democrats in Rochester, the ones that are not like completely addled with ideology, and talk to them. How do you like the way Rochester looks now? Yeah. How do you like the way the city is working? Well, what you're really talking about, and I guess that's my hope, is that at some point the facts and pragmatism will supersede all these other crazy things that they've tried and haven't worked. And I would make the argument, I, I don't want to go back to Gavin Newsom, but I, I I don't think he lives in a bubble. I think he is a manipulator. I think he is trying to sell the public on what he knows isn't true. When I heard him talk about how great California is, um, what he should have been saying is, is we have some great things and we need to change direction to preserve those. That That's what really needs to happen. Not have people not get prosecuted, not have people to not be able to build a house or leave construction materials out like I saw this Horrendous story in San Francisco. People can't even fix their house. People squat in houses and stay there and refuse to go. Prosecutors that refuse to prosecute somebody who's really been wronged and injured. That could be fixed. I'm not trying to change their mind ideologically. But you can't be about ideology and not be about nuts and bolts protection of people. And what's made America great, to your other point, is building an educated middle class with opportunities. And it almost seems to me like the Dems want to reduce the middle class oh, it's, it's, and, and make people just beholden no question. to the government. Now, anybody can see that that can't be sustained. And I'd even go one step further. That has not worked anywhere else in the world. Yes, America's got a great economy. we got a great history. But if we keep letting them go, we could erase it. Let's just go back to the border for a minute. Where does this end? When the 12 million gets to be 24 million people in three or four more years, and they don't have enough money for all these people, and the crime is even bigger and greater, and it will be, what are they going to do then? Why can't everybody in elected office focus on what's in the global best interest? And I do think, we'll quote John the Optimist here, if, if the media gets on it, as well as people like you and I, Bob, and other elected officials, you know, perhaps there's some hope. Well, that's that's because a lot of uh, a lot of people in Congress, particularly Democrats, go global schmobile. Uh, what I want is what's good for me. Let's go to John's on the line. Hey, John. Hey, guys. John, what, did you hear you... me just quote you? Y- yeah. There you go. And I didn't even know you were calling. 
I'll tell you, we're psychic. But but I got to tell you guys, uh, I would say from my observations of watching the media over the last couple decades, right now, I would say 90% of the media, that includes print, television, radio, probably not so much radio, but included inclusive, uh, inclusively, 90% of the media is to the left. And I'll tell you, I, I read uh, a lot of newspapers. I watch a lot of, uh, listen to a lot of radio, watch a lot of TV on the uh, left-wing stations and liberal stations, and the message is not getting out about the how bad, number one, Biden's doing, how bad the Democrats are doing with this Hamas sympathetic uh, backing and, you know, that type of thing. Uh, so we're in danger of losing, losing the election, not only the presidency, but I think the House and possibly the Senate, although the Senate looks pretty good right now. And I, it goes back to demonizing the media. That's, that's, the, that's the problem right now. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't even understand. I, I don't claim to be the smartest guy, but I read a lot. I try to listen. I try to quantify my information and data. I'm not even afraid to pick up the phone and call any elected official and try and get a, a real answer. But I don't even understand the media. Everybody in America should want to solve this, right? Because their position doesn't matter. You can't stick your head in the sand. This is what's going on in the borders, not right-wing news. It's what's really happening, okay? These crime statistics are real. They're not a number. Donald Trump didn't make up the number. These are real families, real people getting victimized because we're not vetting people coming into this country in the millions, okay? You, you just, you know it's going to happen statistically. And I think that the more success they have, they have that. So why wouldn't any mainstream media anywhere just say, this is worth talking about? And I'll say as simple as it sounds. But, if, but I got to tell you, you, listen, CBS, NBC, ABC, MSNBC, CNN, uh, the, the Associated Press, USA Today, the New York Times, the Washington Post, they dominate the media right now. And they have for a long time. And take it, take it from me, I read these articles, and they're covering all this up. They're, in fact, as you know right now, uh, the Democrats and the media is blaming the Republicans for the immigration of problem. Of course, of course they will. They're, well, they're trying to. I don't think anybody's buying it. But, John, no, that's John, ridiculous. John, John, let me just jump in here and say, listen, you know, I know that the media are always left-wing. They always have been. And you know what else? They always will be. Because there's a certain group of professions that the left always gravitates toward. Uh, media, entertainment, law, education. And that's that's the crux of what's happening to messaging and imaging in the country. And people are just lazy, and they don't, they don't question what they're hearing. Well, the problem is, Bob, you know, you and I, we go back to, I think we both were, I campaigned for McGovern, and uh, I think you did too. Yeah, we grew out of it. Yeah, but my point is this. I've never seen, even within the last decade, the message has been so muddled, even so much more than it has five years ago, ten years ago, and of course in 72, the media was much fairer. 
I'll tell you, you, I you think I so? Think we're at a point. We're oh, going to lose it. I don't know. I, I just <laughs> Huntley think... Brinkley and Uncle Walter, I don't think so, Dan. We have to protect the framework in this country so people can continue to have free speech. And if they have an open border, we're not going to have that. Stick with us. We'll be back with more of your calls. 585-346-3000 after this short break. Yeah, Dick, if you can hang on the line, we'll come to you after the break on WYSL. When someone you love becomes a memory, the memory becomes a treasure. At Bartolomeo and Parado Funeral Home, the focus is always on how your loved one lived. Bartolomeo and Parado has been helping families create meaningful tributes and celebrating unique lives for three generations. They treat your family like their own, always with the utmost compassion, warmth, and care. When you're in need, call Bartolomeo and Parado Funeral Home 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 585-720-6000. Your family is growing, and it's time for a new home. Why buy a used house with someone else's style when you can afford a new Faber home built to suit your taste and your needs? Start fresh, build new with Faber. Faber Homes can customize your home to meet your wishes and dreams. Visit the Faber Homes website at faberhomes.com and find the plan of your dreams or a quick deliver home. Give Faber Homes a call today at 247-4800 or visit faberhomes.com for our current incentives. Faber Homes, great homes, great price. Love Sexy, a Prince tribute, makes its debut at Batavia Downs on Saturday, March 9th. Head to BataviaConcerts.com for tickets. Tickets start at $15 and you get back $10 in free play. Flower City Collision in Henrietta is your hometown body shop, trusted by numerous corporate fleets and properly insured and registered in New York. Flower City Collision specializes in working with insurance companies on your behalf. Having built a culture where they respect the customer and their employees as well, Flower City Collision has assembled the best collision team in the Rochester area. If you need repair, reach out to Zach at Flower City Collision in Henrietta, and he will work with your national insurance company on your local behalf to ensure you get the repair you need done right. Joe Robach, real talk for real people on the WYSL stations. The Joe Robach Show is brought to you by Bob Johnson Automotive, Faber Homes, Claridge Decorating Center, Batavia Downs Gaming and Racetrack, Flower City Collision. Thanks for sticking with us. We're going to go back to the phones. Yeah, we got Dick uh, hanging on the line. Hey, Dick. Hi, Joe. Hi, Bob. How you doing? um, Good. Well, I wish I was doing better. I mean, uh, this this country has got me, uh, you know, like concerned as as much as anybody. I, uh, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I consider myself a independent conservative. And uh, I want to touch on something you mentioned earlier, Bob. That the messaging from the Republicans is just totally pathetic. I don't understand why they can't come out with better messaging to take in more blacks, Latinos, uh, even gay population, and the independents, uh, why they just can't get their message out there. And I know that most of the media is against them, but they need to find a way around it. They need to be creative. And I think they need to, they should bombard the uh, social media. Um, they, they've got to find a way to get their message out there. They're just pathetic at it. 
and also I just I just want to bang my head against the wall when I see these border states or any state for that matter turning purple or blue with what's going on there what are people thinking don't they wake up or is it possible that the democrats are able to cheat that much to turn these other states purple or blue i just don't understand what people are thinking uh especially like they just you know it was in the news about the nurse unfortunately that was murdered but she is just one of hundreds that's going on a daily basis what are people thinking and i with what's going on in this country it should be a no-brainer as to what how people should be voting well, I'll tell you, Dick. I uh, all I can tell you is um, it takes it takes a while to change things. I think they are learning. Uh, if you notice uh, the uh, the poll numbers for uh, Republicans in Black and uh, Hispanic districts are improving. Uh, matter of fact, pretty dramatically improving. And we don't. Uh, let me give you a little bit of hope. We you know we don't have to have a massive, massive. Um, you know, change to prevail in the upcoming election cycle, but we have to have a significant one. It has to be enough to overcome the cheating because we know the Democrats are going to do that. And and I would just add too, you know, I, again, I hope um, this is real, but I think a lot of people are like you, Dick. It's not about party affiliation. It's like, I feel very obligated now at my age, you know, and I'm almost immigrant stock, so to speak, that America has been great for so many people for so long that why people can't see they need to go in a different direction and call upon their elected officials to do it, no matter what their party affiliation, to preserve that, you know, for your, our children and our grandchildren in the future is beyond me. That shouldn't take any creative advertising. This is where I sort of agree with John. We need people to focus and connect the dots. Some things are, you know, opinion. They're not going to change the world. This open border policy, I'm telling you, is could be the downfall of our country if they don't rein it in. And why no one's holding our president and our elected federal officials uh, responsible for it? That should be that should have been done two years ago. But you know, that's what they have to focus in on. And then the question to me is. How do they? And and I could give them a blueprint. The answer is don't be uncompassionate. Just be pragmatic. Let more people in from the countries that want to come, that want to come here to work, especially if there's jobs for them in agriculture or service industries, certainly that. But to let in millions and millions who I don't haven't seen any report of any of them getting a job anywhere. They're 40 grand a piece. All kinds of chaos is going on. They're exploited coming across the border. I don't really see what the good is from the Democrats' open border policy for anybody, white, black, Latino, urban, suburban, Democrat, Republican, liberal, or conservative. And, man, I am hopeful that by continued dialogue and, as you say, social media and people talking in a civil way, even to their family and friends, you know, we'll be able to bear more pressure and the government will step up and do the right thing. But- good good point, Dick. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Next, we go to Diane is on the line. Hey, Diane, what's up? Hey. I just have a couple of things here. Uh, as far as the Congress goes, I think right now they're lost. Um, the voters' minds are going to have to change. 
they're going to have to see what's going on to get a lot of these senators and and uh, representatives out of office. There are the inside trader people. There's very few in there that actually are for the USA itself. Uh, the border, it, it's obviously a plan. That's why they're all let in. And um, Pence, as far as um, getting Congress to check the voting, the registration, the people that voted, if Pence knew his constitution, he would have known that he could do that. So that's, uh, that's me, that's all on Pence. And one other question, is there anybody doing a GoFundMe for Trump? Uh, not that I'm aware of. But okay. they're trying to raise money like crazy, believe me. I, th- I think it's going to take more than a GoFundMe. But, yeah. but <laughs> what, what, what do you think the fix is for all this, Diane? You're talking about all the ills in Congress, uh, what's happening at the border and everything else. What, what would you do to fix it? Well, you know, put put Trump's policies back into place. They were they were pretty good. Me, myself, I'm I'm pretty radical, I guess. Shut everything down. Keep everybody out for a while. When Trump gets back in and you get rid of the illegals, then maybe you can open it up again. But I mean, keep it to a very low amount of people. How many are actually coming in that that are productive and right. making the country better? Well, would be my we, we don't know because they're letting them in unvetted, like an open yeah. border. It's like. It's crazy. You you would do this nowhere else in the world. I, I mean, even in America, for people who live here their whole life, you can't take a library book out without having a library card and ID. You can't get a driver's license, and everybody needs to drive. But for some reason, the Democrats are trying to sell it. You know, it's too much of a burden to go through the process to vet these people and let them in legally, and then. This is what gets me why the public doesn't understand it. There's nothing incompassionate or uncompassionate about that. And as a matter of fact, it would make it safer, better for everybody, even those coming across. So hopefully common sense will prevail. But on the scary part, not to digress, we've got members of Congress. I don't know who votes for these people. Uh, AOC, Ilhan Omar, uh, Rashida Tlaib. They literally support organizations that chant death to America, want to wipe out a whole nation of Israel, chant from the river to the sea. Uh, I just think the American public has to be empowered and vote and pay attention to more people, men and women, who will do what's in the best interest of global America before they get into the special interest. I think you're right on point. All right. Thanks, Diane. Appreciate the call. And by the way, you know what this all distills down to, folks? And I know I'm getting tiresome about this. You hear this all the time on the air here. You got to get out and vote. You got to vote. And uh, uh, concealed carry pistol, uh, guys, I I love you. All right. But come on. Seventy percent of you haven't voted. You've got to get out there. If you are a concealed carry permit holder and you don't vote, you have to have – you have to search your soul, and you have to get out there and vote. And if you know somebody who's a concealed carry permit holder who talks about not voting, you really have to get out there and explain to them why it's absolutely essential that you vote. Yeah, I, 
I agree. It is people now have to exercise their personal empowerment, get out there and vote. It's going to make all the difference in the world. And I really do believe the people that listen to YSL and listen to this show probably are out there voting. Let's get the rest of the people in our family and friends group to do the same. As always, thank you for listening. And until next time, always strive to do your best and stay proud to be an American. Yeah.